0: We have the Ayatollah of Fantasy Rock and Roller with us today, Adam Rank. How are you doing, Rank?
1: It um, looked great in person, and uh, I just can't wait to next year we can pack it full of $25,000. Hey, Bob,
0: how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I didn't know it was Ball Guy's
1: Day. It was me and Rank. I mean, how do you lose? This is the
0: Dynasty Vipers. Vipercast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast, episode 151. And if you're watching the Denver Broncos versus the Los Angeles Chargers, I apologize in advance. But I do promise (laughs) you that Tara and Major, who are joining me again once again on a show presented by the Fantasy Points Media Group are going to be more entertaining than whatever we saw on a Broncos primetime game. We should know better by now that if the Denver Broncos are on primetime, find something better to do with your time. It is really that simple. (laughs) With that all being said, we're going to talk about some of the news and notes from the week that was. We're going to go through some winners and losers, and we're going to try to help you set your lineup going into week number seven. That's right. We are going into week number seven right now. Tara, Major, where did the time go? I have no idea i uh, it's it's been a it's been a
2: crazy year it has been a crazy season a fantastic season but um a lot of unpredictable things so uh so yeah I cannot believe we are at week seven
1: does that does that mean we're getting old they say like time goes faster as you age and it feels like it should be week one right now so are we like old now? Well, I don't know if we're getting old, but every day starting to feel like a Monday, if that means anything for, me, for <laughs> anyone.
0: I'm literally one button away from being major. Like if I if I pop this top right you here right now, too.
1: hey, you look sharp right now. Hold on. Oh, the crowd involved with that. <laughs> hey, you almost you look Amish though.
0: <laughs> I, I gotta let that know. I gotta let a little bit of chest hair like come A uh, Little Miami Amish Vice.
1: or something, whatever they call them. <laughs>
0: That all being said, let's dive into these news and notes because there's a lot of news that came out here following week number six. And I'm gonna turn my attention right here to Tara right off the get-go. Are we panicking or do we need to relax in Green Bay?
2: Uh we're panicking. Yeah, no, <laughs> this is not a this is not a good situation.
0: <laughs> not the trail.
2: Every How single often? every single week, um after the game with these, all these strange game choices and statistics, you've got Uh, Matt LaFleur, you know, saying, you know, we we really should have got Aaron Jones more involved. Yeah, um, you should have. And yet you don't over and over and over again. There are just some strange things going on here. The offensive line is not what we expected it to be, even with the return of, you know, multiple players. The receivers are very underwhelming. We're having, you know, Aaron Rodgers is having to rely on guys like Randall Cobb. Uh, it's, it's, It's wild. It's wild. I think we're seeing the result of a little bit of, you know, a little bit of arrogance on Green Bay's part and not knowing that, hey, you kind of need a wide receiver one. Maybe you don't need Devontae Adams specifically, but you got to have something and no one has stepped up yet. So unfortunately, this is just not a good situation.
0: And things are getting worse. Now, Randall Cobb, he was in a walking booth there following that week six contest. I think Aaron Rodgers kind of said, yeah, I don't expect him to be back next week. Kind of giving, playing a little doctor there. Meanwhile, we're not even sure if Aaron Rodgers is going to retire before the end of next week. He's already threatening retiring. He already wants the playbook dumbed down. If that's even possible for a four-time MVP to want a playbook dumbed down, that came out here just uh, today there on the news wire there on the Monday. Now, Major, more concussions around the NFL. We've seen Kenny Pickett go down. We've seen that horrible scene there in Tampa or in Pittsburgh there with Cameron Brate, him being carted off as more of a neck injury, but we're seeing a lot more of these neck to head kind of injuries here through the last couple weeks here more often than not. What is your thought here on the player safety moving forward?
1: Yeah, man, it's getting kind of scary and it's weird too, because I've been going to like a a lot of uh, uh, high school football games and I've seen a couple concussions and, and woozy players and stuff like that so i don't know if just the the players are getting bigger faster stronger or the equipment is not as good as it once was i i don't know you the head injury stuff is like you can't put your finger on exactly what it is because you can't test anything or do anything until after the person is 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 passed away so uh I don't know, man. That, that one, I, I'm going to give you a big I don't know because that's it's, it's sad, man. We need to figure out a way. Even with all the rules with, you know, they blow the whistle a little bit earlier now. They, uh, you know, they don't let people. They got the targeting rules. They got all these. It's so many different things that help it, and it's still happening. So it's just part of the game, and people who sign up kind of know what they're getting into. But, yeah, man, I think it's something that's just going to be part of the game.
0: It almost seems to be, I know in hockey had the same issue here a few years back. It's almost because the the equipment had advanced so far. I mean, the shoulder pads, the elbow pads, they became a lot harder. The plastic, better to protect the players that way, but also became more of a weapon towards the head, so to speak. Maybe these helmets are becoming a little bit too much like that. Maybe the shoulder pads, the contact. I mean, there's a little bit more whiplash involved, but uh, you know what? I'm not a medical doctor. Nor did I play one on TV, but we know we're still gonna talk about injuries here because we had a couple big ones here to talk about. We have the Carson Wentz, that finger injury. He went into Thursday night football with a bicep, then it turned into a finger injury. We're looking at a four to six week period there for him being out, which means more Tyler Heineke coming in here. Taylor Heineke coming out here. We hey, we love Heineke on this show, but is it time for maybe Sam Howell to maybe get the start for the Washington Commanders? Maybe they need him involved more than maybe Heineke. We know what we're getting there. We don't know what we get in the rookie. Is
1: he is he bad? I thought he was hurt.
0: I don't know if they had anyone on IR there. I know Matt Carroll was on IR for Carolina, but I don't know if Howell was, but I could be wrong.
2: He, yeah, Howell was hurt, but I think he's good to go now. So mm. he should be able to um start they're not going to obviously right off the bat but i don't think it's going to take that much for them to go ahead and give them a try
1: yeah i mean they have nothing to lose they might as well like just to see what they have there you know Then I mean, we had more injuries there in baltimore in that
0: backfield it's a good thing gus the bus is ready to come off the pup because jk dobbins he seems to be dealing with another knee injury or leg injury of some sorts major is dobbins going to get right here for fantasy anytime soon
1: I don't think so, man. Like, those injuries, like, one, the physical part of it, but the mental part, I think, is the hardest thing to overcome with these injuries, man. Like, especially when you see someone who continuously have injuries. Um, but he was actually starting to, like, get hot, starting to perform like the old Dobbins that we kind of fell in love with. And, you know, he this this injury happened. But, you know, they have uh, King and Drake there who's playing well. Um, I think we're going to talk about him a little bit later in the show. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, I hate, again, I always say, it, like, it seems like I'm saying this every week now, and I, I, we need to change something here. I hate seeing these players get hurt, man, especially the ones who are who just coming back from an injury. Like, maybe we need to give them a little more time to heal, and let, let's not put them all the way back out there. Let's uh work out all the muscles instead of working out just the knee or the Achilles or whatever is hurt because your body kind of overcompensates and then you end up injuring something else. So, you know again like you said i'm not a doctor i don't play one on tv but you know just from being in 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 uh in the the rooms the the injury rooms and all that stuff man and with the 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 med medics and all that stuff man you got to have a good team that knows the full body and how it connects
0: and speaking of connecting the body marquise hollywood brown <sighs> Man, I just got a big sigh. There, The dude was out there balling. The College of the Canyons alumni out there balling, doing his thing there for the Cardinals. Pretty much the only one in this Cardinals offense doing anything. He looks like he's going to be lost here for the next four weeks, give or take, maybe longer, maybe less. I mean, it looks like he avoided serious injury here. They just did the MRI on Monday. Didn't show anything that needed to be surgically repaired. I think they're looking for a second opinion from Dr. Andrews. But right now, as of this recording, he seems to have avoided major injury. Meanwhile, the Cardinals, they took a chance on someone else who's dealing with his own injury. He's got a little bit of a case of the AB syndrome. Robbie Anderson is coming (laughs) to the (laughs) desert, Tara. What can we expect from Robbie Anderson? Nothing. But he pass. No.
1: (laughs) so mean, dude. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Not interested.
1: (laughs) He's gonna give you a few games where he's gonna go off for like three receptions for a hundred yards and a TD. He's gonna have that long ball, uh, threat, and you know Kyler can throw that thing. I think it's gonna open up the field for for Nuke, and it's gonna open up the field for uh, what's his name Moore. It's gonna open it up for them. So he's gonna be that deep threat. He's gonna run that nine route every play to post every play the same route he's going to open it up for the other guys but he will have that one or two games where it's like two receptions 300 yards like he's that type of player
0: well i don't know what that's going to happen to, but i know right now that coach wilkes is one of my winners this week and robbie anderson is one of the biggest losers heading into week number seven i mean he's out of carolina so congratulations he's, I, a, he's I actually the winner chance. <laughs> I guess, but I got this picture in my head right now. You know what Vince McMahon does as a strut in the WWE when he comes down the, the down to the ring, like no chance. I picture DJ Moore doing that, walking into the coach's office, throwing some temper tantrum to get himself shipped off anywhere outside of Carolina.
1: Do uh, whatever. Care, before
0: I jumped in there, I know I know you had a little bit of something you wanted to add to that.
2: No, I mean. <laughs> so. I, I I appreciate Major's optimism on Robbie Anderson. <laughs> I I do, uh, but the only thing uh, I don't want to kind of tip my hat, but the only thing that's really going to help Kyler Murray out here is DeAndre Hopkins, uh, because obviously nothing else is working. We've never seen Robbie Anderson be a major impact type of player that's actually you know will the team to success in any way, shape, or form. So uh, yeah, I I have. The most minimal interest in Robbie Anderson that ever existed.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, while we're at it, let's move ahead to the actual winners and losers from week number six. There,
1: Major, who are you kicking us off with this week? This one makes me so happy in my heart. I'm a big Paris Campbell stand. I know his these numbers I'm about to rattle off are not like game change or anything like that. But just like with J.K., we're talking about the injuries. Paris has had a hard career each year he's had a season a season ending injury and most people would have quit like the like i said that mental part of it is is a lot man and, and bailing back from all the injuries that he has um he actually kind of had like a a small breakout you know i'm gonna call it a breakout because that's my guy but seven catches on 11 targets 55 yards and a td makes me happy for him i, I don't even know what else to say about that like you know mr campbell is at this point he's just he's just the man like just fighting back from what he fought for fought from um and hopefully this can be a springboard to like get him back in the game you see that offense starting to pick up a little bit with pierce balling out a little bit uh ryan actually like he had a little juice in the arm throwing for 300 plus yards so let's let's see what happens with this um with with this with this thing here, I know Tara's gonna talk about somebody a little bit later, and then you know what else I gotta do. Hey Tara, you know what time it is?
2: Yeah, you gotta speak on it. Uh what time is it, Major? <laughs> <laughs> My
1: <laughs> Dre Stevenson. <diabetic music> yeah, baby, let's go. 91 total yards, two TDs. He's putting up points back to back weeks. He's showing you now that he is that number one running back in that system. He's showing you what he can do and what I've been preaching for damn near two seasons already. So anyone who wants to get on the bandwagon now, you still have a chance. I'm still going to be nice, but the bandwagon will shut down soon. So you better hop on board because, yeah, Ramondre is about to go ham for the rest of the season Uh, for my loser. I gotta go with my guy, man. Our guy, you know, favorite of the show, Christian Kirk. It's been it's been a rough last three weeks for him. Uh, he has a total of seven receptions in the last three weeks. A total of seven. That's you know, especially when he was coming off the first three weeks with a total of 18 receptions. Um, but last week it was pretty hard, man. He only posted four receptions for 28 yards, and he had a fumble on top of it. But he kind of salvages his uh, poor performance with uh, scoring a touchdown, but he's way better than this. T-Law looked like he played a little bit better as well, so I don't know what happened there where the disconnect came, but uh, we need to get Christian Kirk back going. Uh, The last three weeks have been pretty ugly.
0: Yeah, I know a couple of those touchdowns. T-Law, he's still there leaning forward on the goal line, stealing a couple touchdowns away from some of the receivers, yeah. stealing away from ETN, stealing away from James Robinson there. Now, this show is going to have a very, very Colt-oriented feel to it throughout it because, hey, winners and losers, starts and sits. We're going to talk about the Colts throughout the show here, especially this next little bit. Tara, who's your winner and loser from week number six?
2: You know, while I'm, you know, happy for Paris Campbell and his game, uh, the real winner right here, the weir- the real elite receiver of this game was Michael Pittman Jr., the clear the dominant wide receiver one of the Indianapolis Colts. Yes. Yes. Give it up for Michael Pittman. You know, the amount of people that oddly, so oddly, were so ready to write him off as being qualified as an elite receiver just because of two down weeks was really, really strange. 13 receptions, 16 targets, 134 yards. Pittman is the wide receiver nine in average points per game uh, in games that he has played. Obviously, you know, he dealt with an injury injury. One of those bad games that was dragging down his average, it could be better. One of those bad games that was driving down his average was a game against Denver, who we've seen is a very, you know, despite their issues that they have on offense, is a very stout defensive team. A team that heading into week six had literally you know, one of, was literally the best team against wide receivers and fantasy points allowed. So all that given to still be wide receiver nine in average points per game, I think we have to just acknowledge and stop kind of trying to dismiss this man. He is a fantastic receiver. He is an elite receiver. He is a wide receiver one. Give it up for Michael Pittman Jr. My loser, on the other hand, um, it's a collective group again. I kind of like to do that. I think <laughs> I've done that multiple you times like the, on the show.
1: Like to group them up, bro, You like the bargain shop?
2: <laughs> I do. Uh, it's it's the Carolina Panthers. Oh boy. Um, especially the wide receiver core. The team is in chaos. You know where where you see teams, and I kind of hoped maybe a little bit of a turnaround for DJ Moore. Um, this week, and boy, was I incorrect on that one. A lot of times you see. Teams, you know, kind of rally together when a coach is fired, they give a big emotional performance. And even if they don't win, they kind of pull things together and showcase, hey, you know, we got this. Oh, the Panthers did not do that. Not (laughs) at all. They had all the wrong emotions in this game. PJ Walker was horrendous. 60 passing yards like that. sixty passing yards that is wild cmc was cmc of course because you know he cannot literally be anything else but everyone else was just horrendous dj moore had three receptions for seven yards i don't know how that's possible for a wide receiver of his caliber in any way to catch the ball three times for seven yards i don't know how that happens and the crazy thing was is that was a good day he was the leading receiver <laughs> nobody else caught a single pass in that receiving core Wild Robbie Anderson. We talked about it. You literally just yeeted himself out of the game, Antonio (laughs) Brown style. Um, special shout out to uh Matt Stafford as well, who I did want to make um, my losers list, but it felt bad just kind of continuously picking on him. But um, yet again, uh, still could not break 13 fantasy points. So, you know, arguably also a big loser, but I thought I'd give, you know, the Rams a little bit of a break from me constantly. you still
1: didn't. You still kind of. Right. <laughs> I did kind
2: of just go in a little bit. <laughs> I can't help it.
1: couldn't <laughs> help yourself. It's all good. I
2: couldn't help it. I couldn't help it at all. Yeah. My losers of the week. Poor. <laughs> mm.
0: Poor. Kizou. Well, you know what's even crazier? Yeah. Looking at yeah. DJ Moore. One of the things I always like is looking at the air yards that a player accumulates on a team. He only had seven yards receiving, but somehow, some way, if you look at the analytics, he accounted for, you ready for this? 187% of the Panthers air yards in week number six. That This that is, is why st- I hate
1: stats. That is why I hate stats right there.
0: It is statistically impossible <laughs> for that
1: to happen. I mean, I it did. did. it really did, but...
0: yeah you feel like that you feel about stats how i feel about ppr now that being said i'm going to turn my attention to we're going to keep the good vibes going there in colts nation because hey you know what first off shout out to that offensive line let's give the big dude some love no sacks allowed against the jacksonville jaguars team that's actually pretty good you got josh allen you got trayvon walker i mean you got guys who could put pressure on the quarterback position and we know how bad that Matt Stafford has been sacked here the last few weeks. So shout out to them, and, or it's not Matt Stafford. Sorry, now Terry's has gotten inside my head there. Uh, Matt Ryan. <laughs> now, prior to Monday Night Football here, which we just saw, and there's not much to report there, Russell Wilson was crap like usual. Justin Herbert was a sit like I predicted last week. Thank you very much, people. Now get off my pack. And I'm going to say right now, that Matt Ryan, Michael Pittman, and Deion Jackson were all top 10 in PPR. Yes, I'm using PPR as fantasy options here. (laughs) Matt Ryan was the QB2. Deion Jackson, the RB1, and Hmm. Michael Pittman, the wide receiver 5. Now, shout out to Ramondre Stevenson, RB1 in standard leagues. I mean, these are what we're talking about. This Colts offense was firing on all cylinders. Now, my biggest loser, it's the Jets passing game, and more so than anything, it's Elijah Moore. Now, this is not a knock on Elijah Moore per se, but what kind of talking here is like Jets win, we all end up losing here in fantasy. Zero, zero, zero. I had as many targets this week as Elijah Moore had, and it's not just a week six thing. This is something that's been going on for six weeks. It's not just a one-off type thing where we can got to shrug it off by now. It has been going on all season long. Targets have been hard to come by here in this Flacco-less type offense. Remember, when Flacco was under center, they were one of the more heavier passing teams in the league. Now they've transitioned to the Brees Hall show. And, hey, it's right. working. They're 4-2. and two, So we can't really say nothing if you are a Jets fan. But Elijah Moore, there on Twitter. If I say what I really want to say, I'll be a yeah. selfish guy. We are winning. Grateful, huge blessing, all I ever wanted. Bittersweet for me, but I'll be solid. So I'll just stay quiet. Just know I under—I don't understand either. Well, I guess he's not really being quiet. I mean, he's kind of doing the low-key sque- squeaky wheel here, letting him know that, hey, I can use a little bit of grease here. It's going to start squeaking here a little bit sooner rather than later. But, all hey, right. no one understands the situation here in New York, but the Jets, they're winning, which means Elijah Moore right now is losing. That all said, it's time to turn our attention to Thursday night football. Maybe we get a game this week. Maybe not. I mean, I see what the NFL was planning on having. I mean, this sounds like a fantastic game. New Orleans, Arizona, before the season even kicked off, they planned this around DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, they probably didn't plan it around DeAndre Hopkins' return, but you were possibly going to get Hopkins, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, Zach Ertz, Kyler Murray, James Conner. You were going to get Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, Jameis Winston, Alvin Kamara, it was going to be star pack. And now injuries have deprived us of all those names, except maybe for one or two at this point. I mean, this game looked a lot better on paper right before week one even started than it does right now. But that doesn't mean there's not going to be some things to talk about. So over to our major props section of the show. Major, what Mm -hmm. do you got for us here on Thursday night?
1: Keep it short and simple, man. Go to Underdog, download that app put fantasy pts in the thing get your money they're going to match you up to a hundred dollars you put a hundred dollars they give you a hundred dollars play with that hundred dollars you're playing with house money that's free money like what come on guys don't be dumb um and then throw a little money on on nuke nuke is gonna have that game higher than 69 and a half receiving yards is going to be a welcome back block party for for Nuke, they're going to throw the ball to him every single play, as they should. Look for him to have a monster game and just to kind of let everybody know that he's still Nuke. And I think that's going to happen. Um, on the other on the other side of the field, I'm going to go with Kamara higher than four receptions. Um, we all know Kamara's Kamara. He's the cheat code. He's the Konami code. Is that is that Konami code? We going to use that for? He's going to catch the ball. He's going to run the ball. He's going to do everything with the ball. And the last two weeks, he's had six receptions in each game. So look for that to kind of like be the trend for him for the rest of the season. Um, so, yeah, again, we're going Nuke higher than 69 and a half yards. And we're going Kamara higher than four receptions.
0: I'm all about the DeAndre Hopkins return here. He's already kind of throwing shade towards the Houston Texans upon him. He hasn't even come and played a game yet. He was just kind of reinserted into the Cardinals team right now. Uh, As you guys may have already heard, uh, one of the guys that makes the decisions for the Houston Texans, Easter Bay, he was kind of let go. He was hired back in 2019, and there is the tweet there where DeAndre Hopkins is kind of giving the old smiley face, laughing, crying, almost uh, type response there in the emoji. I'm not a real emoji guy. I just found out that the thumbs-up emoji is offensive to some people somewhere along the way. Believe it or not, yeah, it's a thing with millennials or something. I I don't know. (laughs) I haven't quite figured it out. But if you guys remember, when we talked about DeAndre Hopkins, his test was like 0.1%. And I can guarantee you right now that he is going to be very happy to get back in the lineup when it's all said and done. I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later here on the 1v1. And I don't want to give Tara too much ammunition to work with here. So I'm going to turn it over to Tara for the DFS end of things.
2: Yeah, this is a super weird game to try and predict um, because – This could go one of two directions. Um, One, we could get another situation where we've had, you know, multiple weeks in a row where it's been advantageous to go um, double defense on Thursday night games and focus on things like the defense and running backs and kickers. And that's worked out very well. And it makes logical sense when we're looking at these two teams uh, New Orleans and uh, Arizona, both you know strong defenses, although New Orleans kind of struggled a little bit um as of late, but you could go that direction because we've seen that even through the struggles that Arizona has had the defense has remained pretty strong and they're not allowing themselves to get beat aggressively. We saw, you know, Geno Smith come in last week and has been doing very strongly. We expect a lot out of him and he was shut down. DK Metcalf shut down. Tyler Lockett shut down. You know, these are elite wide receivers and, you know, unfortunately on the other end, New Orleans is dealing with a lot of injuries and it's looking like more than likely we're probably only going to have Chris Olave on that end. Um, So it's very possible that you could just kind of say that this is going to be a typical Thursday night game and just kind of stack in that direction, focus on the running backs. Although we haven't had a lot of running back success out of Arizona. So maybe just focusing on Alvin Kamara and the defenses and kickers. But on the other end, we can go with the narrative that DeAndre Hopkins is back. We've seen that this Arizona team is just vastly different. Kyler Murray is a different man with DeAndre Hopkins. It just brings so much joy into his life when DeAndre Hopkins is on the field. So it's very possible that you can go the direction of saying, hey, you know, just going to get a little bit, get a little bit risky and say that maybe, maybe this is an instance where we do Finally see that Arizona offense pull itself together a little bit with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, it's it's difficult to get up to them because obviously the most expensive pieces on the slate are going to be Kyla Murray, Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and you know, then you go down a little bit because of all these injuries, but there are some also some good value pieces that you can add in to be able to pay up to these uh Murray's and Camaras and Hopkins. You can go with Rondale Moore. Again, we talked about the addition of uh, um, sorry, guys, my earpiece just died. We talked about the addition of uh, Robbie Anderson on to the Arizona Cardinals. And even if he comes in there and, and, you know, goes against everything that I said earlier in the in the show and makes an impact, it's not going to be this week right here. So I still think that Rondell Moore is a very safe value play. He's only 5,800 on DraftKings. And this is a guy that in Matt's favorite thing of PPR has been very successful in terms of getting a wide variety of targets. He, You know, not really a big threat to find the end zone right now, but especially on a platform like DraftKings, that isn't really the thing that we're looking for. We're looking for him to get that level of volume. We also have Zach Ertz, who while it is a tough matchup for him, again, you know, with the absence of of Marquise Brown, it kind of bups up the reliance that they're going to have on Zacherts, so who's been an incredibly reliable option at tight end. So, you know, to that extent, there are some value pieces that you can go with and try and plug and play and kind of predict that this game will be a little bit higher scoring as well. So my best advice on this was just to kind of go two directions and hedge your bets and play multiple lineups just because there's two very different paths that this can go.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully it's one of those paths that we saw earlier on in the season there. We had the Buffalo Bills knock off the L.A. Rams there, 31-10 week number one. The Chargers lost the Chiefs 27-24 week two. And then we've got the Browns and Steelers again. That was 29-17 for the Browns in week three. Then week four, this is when things started to take a little bit of a turn there. Yes, the Bengals and those old white jerseys, they knocked off the Dolphins 27-15, but we were deprived. We lost to a tug of Loa in that contest, so we, we lost more potential offense. It seemed like all offense was kind of lost on Thursday Night Football after that play, because then we've got the Indianapolis Colts knocking off the Denver Broncos 12-9 in overtime, followed up by last Thursday night's barn burner there, where the Washington Commanders <laughs> beat the Chicago Bears to So right now, fantasy enthusiasts, DFS, whatever you're in, NFL fans, all we want to see is a couple tutties. That's all. The bar is set pretty low. One touchdown will not suffice. But if you get two, that is going to cause a stir on social media. Everything will be forgiven. This and that. I just don't know if that's what we're going to get between these two teams. As you know, if James Winston or Andy Dalton is under center, Andy Dalton has that same Kirk Cousins prime time problem right we all know it's well documented there james winston he has that whole yolo approach here so if he's under center there's no guarantee he could throw four touchdowns or four interceptions we don't know what we're going to get there meanwhile kyler murray has basically already said this has been the toughest season for him since his rookie season well maybe you should ease up on the call of duty there a little bit and maybe get your nose <laughs> in that playbook i mean i'm not going to say one thing or another but i just said it but deandre hopkins is the real story in this game because i think he is going to be pissed coming back in i mean i don't think he was too happy about taking that suspension and sitting out those first six weeks but i think we're going to see a guy almost ready to come back i think he's going to be close to 100 a little bit of rust is going to be showing for him in week number one major talk about the prop over 68 and a half yards he's hitting the over on that i'm interested to see where that's going to be because i'm really concerned about there's no other options in this cardinals offense now i don't even think robbie anderson's even was to suit up in this game because of that short week we saw this happen when latavius murray was signed off the practice squad just a couple weeks ago he missed the thursday night contest and then obviously he's now taken over the backfield there in denver so something to keep an eye on there who are the other options that kyler murray is going to have zach gertz is going to be in a tough matchup you mentioned that tara the saints are notoriously tough on tight ends they've done that throughout the last few seasons there Marshawn Lattimore is not going to be available for the Saints so that's something that I think that the Cardinals can take advantage of if Murray has time to get the ball down the field which quite frankly he hasn't really pushed that ball because we mentioned this on the show last week when I kind of went on a rat there on Kyler Murphy catch my Friday Night Hype show if you catch my primetime previews I talked about him having that low a dot and all this other stuff where he's just not pushing that ball down the field it's the lowest of his career so far so those are some things to keep an eye on here in week going into week number seven, and that brings us up to our Thursday night football one v one. What to expect? We've got it's Tara time versus me. Yours truly, Matt Donnelly here. We're going to talk about Chris Olave versus DeAndre Hopkins, and who is the better option for your fantasy rosters here in week number seven? Maybe even your captain in your DFS lineups there on Thursday, Tara, as a challenger not the champ, as the challenger, Challenger. I'll give you the first crack at this. You're on the DeAndre Hopkins side. Now, full disclosure, before we get into this, neither one of us really loved either option here because of all the other pieces that were kind of falling apart heading into Thursday Night Football. This is a very difficult matchup to kind of assess here and how it's going to break down. But we're going to tell you anyway because you need to know which receiver you can trust. Tara, the floor is yours.
2: Thank you, Matt. Um, I don't think this will be a super long argument because um, one of these people doesn't have a super long career. Now, I love Chris Alave. Um, Don't get me wrong. He is an extremely promising rookie. I roster him, so I'm not going to sit here and go the underhanded route and try to negate his talent. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to talk about the greatness of DeAndre Hopkins, or as those of us who know and love him, Nuke. Last year, in just 10 games, Hopkins had eight touchdowns, which is kind of crazy when you kind of think about that, especially considering the way that his career has gone. A lot of times he hasn't been that guy, but as time goes on, Kyler Murray is just relying more and more on DeAndre Hopkins. I talked about it earlier. The offense just operates better when he is in the offense and Kyler Murray is able to rely on him. It helps Kyler Murray be a better quarterback and DeAndre Hopkins is a big beneficiary off of that Now, I might have been a little bit skeptical of the impact that he could make right off the bat if it was, you know, Marquise Brown that was still in there. But unfortunately, um, you know, that injury is he's already been declared out. He's not going to play. This offense is going to have to rely on DeAndre Hopkins because they cannot rely on that run game. You know, on the other end, New Orleans has the ability to rely on multiple running backs, the actual running back Alvin Kamara, and then the running back Taysom Hill could, you know, he had a down week last week, so true to Taysom Hill form. He could have a boom week coming up here where, you know, he possibly might have to contribute a little bit more with the injury to uh, Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston not panning out exactly as we had hoped. So I think it kind of makes the offense kind of run aggressively through the run game, and they're not going to do that in Arizona. They're going to rely on Kyler Murray and his wide receiver one, DeAndre Hopkins. When we look at last year, weeks one through seven, DeAndre Hopkins was the wide receiver 12. I think sometimes when people go back and think about DeAndre Hopkins of last year, they remember that injured time period and they kind of misremember and kind of over exaggerate the age of him because he's a 30 year old receiver. And when you get those injuries, it does affect you, but he is healthy. He is not coming off of an injury. He is coming off of an unjust suspension. He is ready to play. He is on social media, making jokes. He is ready to put himself into his fantasy lineup. He is ready to go. He is excited. And he has that joy that Matt mentioned earlier about uh, Easterby being fired. So he's got that, you know, fueling, fueling the passion. It's going to be a fantastic week for him. He's overjoyed. now, when we look at, you know, superstars and some people might be saying, you know, hey, this is his first game back, you know, it's a Thursday night game, you know, it's you know, limited preparation. Just remember guys, this is these, these first six weeks of the season, no injury. This is basically Ben DeAndre Hopkins preseason superstars miss preseason. Just don't worry about this at all. This is basically him coming into his week one. Are we going to negate a wide receiver one? on the week one of the season just because he didn't play in the preseason? Absolutely not. This is a smash play for DeAndre Hopkins. He is going to be the leading receiver of everyone in this entire game.
0: You know, a Very compelling argument. I mean, a lot of good things were said there. And you, you did try to take away some of my arguments before I could get to it. Now, you mentioned mm-hmm. that Chris Olave. I mean, he's young. He doesn't have the experience in this and that. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that here in just a second. But DeAndre Hopkins, I am going to mention that he hasn't played this year. And while I think he could be beneficial and I think he could get some good things done here, the bottom line is the guy throwing on the ball hasn't been good. In fact, the offensive line hasn't been good in Arizona. Kyler Murray doesn't have time. He's not keeping his eyes down the field. He was sacked by the Seattle Seahawks last week six times. Now he ended up throwing for 222 yards and an interception. No touchdowns there, and that's with Zach Ertz. That's with Marquise Hollywood Brown. I know DeAndre Hawkins is a talent there, but this—he's been Kyler Murray's been working with talent all season so far, and heading into last week, he was like 15th in passing yards, 21st in passer rating. He was 23rd in touchdown rate and checking in at that's at 2.8 percent there. And that was with those guys. And here's the thing that always bothers me, that 5.8 yards per attempt heading into week number six is what Kyler Murray is looking at. Even if you're DeAndre Hopkins and even if you are good after the catch and all that other fun stuff, 5.8 yards per attempt, that's not going to get you those big fancy points. I don't care how good or how talented you happen to be. Now, what I do care about is them air yards, and you know I love my air yards. There's no doubt about it. When you have Mr. Air Yard himself stepping up for this, offense look no Michael Thomas no Jarvis Landry again this week that leaves Trey Quan Smith that leaves Marquez Calloway and Chris Olave now it's true that Olave is coming off an injury himself he got kind of that ragdoll concussion there a couple weeks ago but he still held on to that touchdown and we've been told Mr. Air Yards, he's ready to roll now Olave's 389 receiving yards is the 19th most in the NFL and that's after missing last week still and that is more yards than Michael Thomas, Joe Horn, Marquez Callison, or any other Saints receiver in the history of this franchise have been able to produce in the in five games to start off their career. Olave has eight catches of greater than 15 yards, and that again is with missing last week. He's got eight catches of 15 plus yards. You look at that, the air yards now. What I like the air yards, 744 air yards so far this season. That is number one in the league. 41.5% of the Saints' air yards are taken into that account. Alave's average depth of targets, again, leads the National Football League with receivers with a minimum of 15 targets, 17.71. And that's on 42 targets. So we know he's getting that average depth of target, and that's going to help him all year long 15.6 yards per reception that is the number one mark of all rookies that's the 13th best mark of all wide receivers and that's not even, that's including all wide receivers not even counting how many have certain amount of targets like we throw in Corey davis nico collins oh my there these are guys matt collins who haven't had the targets we know chris always gave the targets and we know he's got Jameis winston or Andy dalton who's basically closing their eyes throwing up that ball going, hey, we know Chris Olave is down there somewhere, and he's going to make that play. It's going to happen. And the Saints offensive line has been considerably better than what we have in Arizona, and Arizona's pass rush hasn't been that great. It really hasn't. So for me, it comes down to that battle in the trenches. One quarterback is getting the time to get the ball out to his deep man, which happens to be Chris Olave. The other quarterback can't even see over his offensive line, let alone throw over his offensive line right now. So... For me, I'm taking Chris Olave here. No doubt about it here. I, I wish DeAndre Hopkins all the best because he is fantastic and we need him in fantasy football. But I'll take the deep ball ability because, hey, when you're Chris Olave, all you need is one, baby. All you need is one.
1: Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Matt. I, man, you my dude, Matt. I love you, dude. Like you will fight to like Terry, like slam dunked it all over you, but you got back on defense though. But come, come on, dude. You didn't believe not one of those stats you just throwed out right now. Yeah. I will
0: put Chris Alave in my lineup ahead of DeAndre Hopkins if I have a lineup where that is a situation. Post it. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna put it in my rankings for sure, and then I have to see if I have a lineup with both of them in there, but. I will make sure it is. Mm. You were doing
1: so good. You you just mm. had a you just had all this stuff from last week kind of come true, and you've been talking some good talk. But I don't. Yeah, this one you could have just like conceded a little bit. Yeah. More than what you did. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, I ain't conceding. Yeah. I ain't giving up an inch on this one. You know that. You know we're he's bro. got the air
2: yards. He's got the air yards. You know. What I'm saying? <laughs> I hear hear you, I hear you, I I, I hear you, I hear you, (laughs) Um, you know, maybe Andy Dalton, I don't know, but uh, but I hear you, I get it, I do, but the problem is, is that, yeah, I guess I'm going to argue back, but the problem is, is that I can't hear an argument about how awful Kyler Murray is, when the entire argument of everyone in the fantasy industry is that Kyler Murray is legitimately awful without DeAndre Hopkins, like that's, we know that, so Mm. this is, this makes sense, he has been you know, a top, you know, I think, oh gosh, I should have gotten the exact sat, but I know for sure a top three quarterback last year with DeAndre Hopkins. And when DeAndre Hopkins got injured, that's when everything fell apart. So I expected to pick up right back where it was before, when as soon as they reunite, Kyler Murray finds everything that he needs to find in order to be a successful quarterback.
0: You know what, I would have given you that if, it was, if Marquise Hollywood-Brown was still in this lineup to help pull some coverage away from DeAndre Hopkins. I don't see that happening right now with with Marquise Hollywood Brown out there with Yandre Hopkins trying to get himself back in game shape. I think this week right here on the short turnaround, he hasn't even been able to – I know you've been talking about this, treating this like a preseason. Well, guess what? He's coming off the bed. Yeah, he's been working out by himself. Major, you know how this goes. You can work out all you want by yourself. That's great. You can play with yourself all you want. But until you get (laughs) on the field, you're not doing nothing. It's completely different between the lines. That's what Hopkins is entering.
1: A little different with levels. Like, Nuke is a different type of person, man. Like, he's – that, that doesn't – I feel what you're saying, but it just doesn't apply, you know. But Hey, we're yeah.
0: we're only like three sleeps away from finding out here. So what <laughs> we need to see. get on to though, is we need to get some of the mailbag. we got a couple questions here. Where mailbag? We're, here's a shocker. We're running late on time. Uh, yeah. So, Tara, right over to you. Right over – actually, I'm going to pivot here. I'm going to get major this one right now. <laughs> Tyquan (laughs) Thornton or Wandell Robinson, rest of the season?
1: Oh, rest of season. Uh, That's a really good one. I I have them kind of neck and neck for the most part. And I'm going to go Tyquan just because, I don't know. I think, uh, I don't know. That's a hard one. You should have gave this a tear. I don't know. This one is, (laughs) I kind of have them neck to neck. So I'm going to go with Tyquan just because, like, he has the opportunity. It depends who's that quarterback. And it seemed like I'm going to talk about a little bit later, but it seemed like we might have a switch going on in, in New England. So we'll see what happens. If it stays the way it is, I do like Taekwondo a little bit more. And like, yeah, there's no offense over there for uh Robinson.
0: And we know I like to practice what I preach. So, Tara, is DeAndre Hopkins a wide receiver one rest of the season?
2: Yes. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Top twelve
0: Easy. from week seven on. DeAndre Hopkins will mm-hmm. be top twelve. Easy. Yeah,
2: he was top twelve last season when he was healthy. So yeah, I. They, I mean, I can't. Why would I say otherwise?
0: Smart. Each to their <laughs> own here. Now, now let's get on to week number seven here. Hitting the waiver wire, Major. You touched on this a little bit that possibly Tyquan Thornton could have a new number one quarterback there. Bailey's happy. Is he the guy we need to get on our waivers this week?
1: I think so, man. Like, he kind of balled out last week. He had 309 passing yards, two TDs. He made it look kind of easy. He had the command of the offense look a little bit more impressive than uh, your boy McCarkle Jones, or whatever you call him. Um, and, but it kind of feels like we could be witnessing, like, this Tom Brady-like start here where you take over for an injured quarterback and come in and perform well, and you kind of – keep him off the field. And now Belichick is saying that he doesn't know what's going to happen when uh, Mac Jones comes back and he's going to, you know, kind of wait and see kind of approach to it. Most of the time when you have a starting uh, a quarterback or, or QB one and they come back from an injury, the coach is trying to throw him back into the lineup as soon as possible. But, you know, Belichick, he likes to do things the, the hardest way possible. So it looks like he's a genius when it, when it works out. But yeah, man, let's just Zappy. I think he might be the man. He looked good last week, so let's see if he has another one in him. Um, am I doing the other one too? Or are we going back and forth? So my other waiver, yeah. I'm gonna go deep, 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 deep. I'm gonna go Shy Smith. You know, with Robbie Anderson departure from Arizona, um, it seems like, I mean, departure to Arizona. It seems like Carolina is kind of like in that rebuild mode already in the season, so. You know, they're talking about shopping CMC and everyone else is on the block and all that good stuff. So we'll see what happens. And usually when teams start to do that, especially to me, it seems like a little early in the season. People usually like to wait till halfway through the season. Um, They need to like they're going to start the rebuilding process now. They're going to start seeing what they have at the young talent. So you're going to see a lot of veterans get dealt. You're going to see a lot of young guys get a shot. And I think Shy Smith is going to be one of those guys, a really electric playmaker, uh, fast guy, uh, kind of slim. But, you know, he, he's still one of those playmaker guys. And, you know, let's see if they can find a way to utilize his talent. So if you're in a deep league, grab Shy Smith just to see what happened. It's like a flyer.
0: Yeah, I think with that Carolina rebuild is the picks that they got for Robbie Anderson that deal are not for this year. They are a 2024 sixth, a 2025 seventh. They've only got four 2023 picks right now for the mm-hmm. Carolina Panthers, which is not going to help an expedited rebuild. So I don't think Robbie Anderson is the last Panther to right. be heading on out of Carolina. Now, Tara, kind of keeping on that mold there of the Arizona and Carolina connection there. Who is your waiver claim here for week number seven?
2: Hmm. Sorry guys. I got a little distracted. I realized I needed nine points from Gerald Everett in a league <laughs> to win and he got eight. So
1: nice. uh, well, always fun. happens that way.
2: Yes. Uh, so I did this kind of in two ways for waivers. Um, Shallow league Uh, still less than 50% roster, but Rondell Moore is still actually pretty available on waivers um, somewhere a little bit over 40% um, roster in Yahoo and ESPN leagues. Um again, talked about him earlier as we've talked at ad nauseum about the Arizona Cardinals. uh, Last, or on Sunday, Moore caught six of 10 targets for 49 yards. Um, And honestly, that's not that bad when you put it into perspective that Arizona didn't actually score in a, a single touchdown. So all things considered, that was a very good day. And I'm encouraged by the level of target shares that I'm seeing from him. He's at 18 targets over the past two games, and he has a pretty solidified role in the slot. So, Again, you know, the return of DeAndre Hopkins, I don't feel like that was going to affect his role in the offense very specifically because he's very solidified within that slot role. And it's something that Cliff Kingsbury designed specifically for him to get him more involved um, as he talked about um, multiple times during the off season. So uh, I really feel like you need to go out and add Rondo more. He has wide receiver two upside in this offense and uh, should this offense get better with the return of DeAndre Hopkins, he's someone that you want to roster very in, especially in PPR, Matt's favorite format. And then in deep leagues, uh, I don't like to say this one, but Kenyon Drake, unfortunately, it's kind of weird. And I don't want to feel like we're chasing points here. Um, of a random surge of you know, Kenyon Drake randomly going over a hundred yards. And we wouldn't typically want to do this with a guy who was cut from the Raiders in preseason, has been a healthy and active multiple times this year. So why are we adding him? Again, we're adding him because J.K. Dobbins is dealing with tightness in his knee. We don't know how serious that is at this point. Um, That's, you know, something that we do need to be concerned about. We've got Justice Hill that's currently injured. We've got Gus um, Edwards, who is still on IR and could come off of it this week or very soon, which is wonderful. But again, we've seen that these guys coming off of IR with ACL injuries are not coming back to aggressive workloads. So Mm -hmm. again, Kenyon Drake is going to be involved from this point forward, um, as long as we've got these two injured running backs that are recovering and dealing with these uh, recovery timelines from torn ACL. So uh, yeah, if if J.K. Dobbins is unable to play in week seven, Kenyon Drake could be a flex option, as weird as that sounds. So (laughs) it is very, very, very low rostered very low rostered
0: and i'm going to hit on rookie wide receivers because now we are in rookie wide receiver type of season here right now we can talk about week seven week eight week nine they're no longer rookies anymore they're ready to make that next step we've seen a couple of these guys step up here last week and i'm expecting more bigger and better things here from week seven on starting with a thornton there jacoby myers he's a possession receiver there he's still the number one option in this offense there, especially in PPR. But Tyquan Thornton, he creates mismatches all over the field with his speed. That's why the in New England Patriots drafted him there was that speed. And it won't be long before Thornton passes both Devontae Parker and Nelson Aguilar in that Patriots pecking order there as far as passing is concerned. Now against the Browns, Thornton caught four or five targets there. And he also contributed in the run game. There being kind of like a poor man's Debo Samuel, getting three carries in that contest, something to keep an eye on there for this New England offense. My second waiver wire ad, it's Wandell Robinson. Now the question came up earlier for me personally. I'm prioritizing Wandell Robinson over Tyquan Thornton there because who else is there in New York? Darius Slayton. Come on. Now if you have any healthy wide receivers with the giants chances are they're automatically the de facto number one option in this passing game moving forward sure you got saquon barkley sure you got daniel uh bellinger there actually by the way bellinger should be one of the top waiver wire ads there especially for those looking for tight ends moving forward because he looks like he's going to be an integral part of that offense at some point now these these guys are both going to be factoring in but robinson first week back hit pay dirt, and I think that's something that the Giants are going to take advantage of each and every week moving forward. That said, that has been our week number seven waiver wire part. Now let's get to the starts and sits because, hey, we're here to win right now. Hey, who forget about last week and what all kind came with that. We're moving on here. We're looking to score more, and we're we're, we're kind of hoping that your fantasy rosters do a little bit better than the Denver Broncos in primetime matchups there. So, Major, kick us off with a start and a sit at the quarterback position.
1: I'm going to start off with Chua Tonga-Valoa. He is cleared from the concussion protocol and looking to start on Sunday. Um, and I think he'll lead his team against a Pittsburgh Secondary that's given up 278 yards per game through the air. Um, and you know he'll be out to prove himself that he's fine and everything is okay. I like players when they come back off an of injury, they have like that chip on their shoulder they kind of like go hard every single time. So look, look for two of the to ball out this week. And for my sit, gotta go with Jared Goff. At the beginning of the year, I kind of was on a on a bandwagon with the Lions. Like I kind of like what they're doing down there. But they've been hit by all kind of injuries and Goff has been inconsistent as usual. But um, you know, he does have a lot of young talent. I think they are starting to come back a little bit now. So hopefully he can get back on track. Uh but last week was one of his down game is for 229 yards and an interception and zero touchdowns. Uh, this will maybe just like ugly. Oh, this game might be just as ugly as last week, um, you know, facing the Dallas defense as ranked fifth against the pass. Um, also, don't forget 11 11- on Dallas will be chasing golf all over the field, so it's going to be a long one for him. So, if you did feel golf a little bit, go ahead and sit him one more week.
0: Yeah, that Dallas pass rush is no joke. Micah Parsons, Doris Armstrong, there. Uh, you've got yourself a little bit of Dante Fowler, Demarcus Lawrence. These guys can get after the quarterback and make the quarterback they very difficult one there. They may be uh hitting <laughs> the ice top a little bit longer than what he would like to be. You yeah. know, Tara. Give me a start. Give me a sit for you at the quarterback position. Who you got starting?
2: Uh, I mean, I'll keep this one short because you already gave, gave the statistics for Matt Ryan earlier in the show, but my start at quarterback is going to be Matt Ryan again, coming off of a huge week, um, and typically you would not want to chase points, but... If it weren't for the fact that they are playing Tennessee, who has allowed the seventh most fantasy points to quarterbacks heading into week six, uh, I would maybe avoid it. But I think given given the current economy of quarterbacks and the guys that we have on bye week, we don't have a ton of options to go with. And I think Matt Ryan is going to be one of the more stable options and a good matchup that you can go with. He has a very solid floor. Um, He's clicking with all of his weapons that we talked about earlier in the show, since we were in love with the Indianapolis Colts, he is a fine streaming option. Um, My sit of the week, we kind of talked about him a little bit earlier. Um, I'm not feeling Trevor Lawrence against the New York giants, the, the surprising New York giants that Brian Dable has absolutely rolling. Um, now, again, I, I don't um, I don't really have a spicy take on, you know, sitting a guy like a big name guy this week. Because, again, I just talked about we have, you know, injuries. We have bye weeks We have bad streaming options. So you can't really afford to be super picky at quarterback. But if you can afford to sit Trevor Lawrence, I would do so. Um Again, you know, we've got this situation where, you know, Trevor Lawrence is facing the New York Giants who have been very stingy. Um, and they look very real on defense, even Lamar Jackson struggled against them. So, I'd expect a low scoring game, a potentially sloppy game, and I would just kind of avoid this one from Trevor Lawrence.
0: Yeah, for those that are looking at their depth charts and their rosters right now, keep in mind that both the the Buffalo Bills, the Minnesota Vikings, the Los Angeles Rams, and the Philadelphia Eagles are all on by. So, when we're looking at the, the quarterback position, you got two elite options there, and Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts out this week. You got two. Okay, one and a half decent options there that you can trust there in Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford. I'll let you make a choice of which one you think is the half of quarterback Stafford, and then we'll go from (laughs) there. But that all being said, for me, I'm going to turn my attention here to the start of the week for me. Dak is back, back again. No, anyway, assuming, this is all assuming (laughs) that Dak is ready to go. I mean, he's got to be ready. This is the perfect opportunity for Dak Prescott to come back. Cooper Rush is no longer undefeated. So if, if Cooper Rush would have beat the Eagles last week, I mean, if I'm Dak, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to give this one more week here before I come back in because you're not going to win no matter how you look at it. You might win the game, but hey, Cooper Rush would have won that. Game. You know what I mean? It would have been a bad situation for Dak Prescott to come into. But that being said, Detroit is allowing and half fancy points per game to opposing quarterbacks, and I have a difficult time that they've got that rectified during their bye week. I, I have a hard time believing that the Detroit Lions got that fixed up anytime soon. Now – could the Cowboys limit Dak Prescott this week? Possibly, but that's not really D- Jerry's style, right? It's it's not. Jerry's he likes to go big, he likes to go home. He's gonna let Prescott do his thing out there. Now, for me, for the my sit of the week, mm, this one actually kind of hurts a little bit. I know it hurts. This one stinks, but sometimes you gotta pull that band-aid right off and see what happens. And it's Derek Carr versus the Houston Texans. Now we are still waiting on some clarity there on the Devontae Adams situation. But even if Adams is good to go, I have a firm belief that. They are going to let Josh Jacobs run yet again. Jacobs has set a career high in rushing yards. Is this the third straight week that he's going to do it this week against the Houston Texans? There's some bad quarterbacks playing against some bad matchups there. So I had to kind of reach you. I could have given you the Zach Wilson as a sit and all these other guys. But when you look at it, car, this, this Houston Texans defense, they're only giving up 12.3 fantasy points per game yet. They get gouged by the run. So this is telling me, more than Derek Carr having a poor performance, this is telling me that Josh Jacobs is going to ball out for another 150-yard performance this week and give you top 10 fantasy production out of the running back position. That's right. I have Josh Jacobs as a top five running back heading here into week number seven. If you look at the weeks leading up to this, it's hard to argue against that, right? Dudes being everything you could possibly want in the running back position. And there will be more about him a little bit later on the show. Now, Major, who are your starts and sits at the running back position for this week?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Brees Hall versus Denver. The Jets are quietly 4-2. I think Tara spoke about a little bit earlier. Um, and the big reason is, is Hall. Like, you know, since he's been getting the ball the last two games, he's topped 100 total yards per game, scored touchdowns in the last three weeks. Um, and Denver defense is giving up 122 rushing yards per game, so you know I, I see the Jets really relying on that running game and at Carter in that as well. But Priestall is going to be the the linchpin of that uh running game. And then I'm gonna sit my guy Jeff Wilson versus Kansas City. Remember back in the day when Kansas City defense wasn't like the defense they got a defense now. They're playing pretty good. But it seemed like the Niners always have injuries in the backfield every year. It's like some random running back uh, just popping up and being a man every single year. And Wilson looks pretty good as a lead back for San Fran. But, uh, you know, I don't know if it's going to last with the fourth ring defense, rushing defense, that is, uh, in Kansas City. Last week, Wilson had a down week, and it could be more of the same this week. So look to sit him this week, and hopefully we can get him back on track next week but that Kansas city defense is playing by playing ball right now.
0: You know, another running back who's playing ball had a pretty good performance there against the Philadelphia Eagles. Tara, who's your start and sit for week number seven.
2: My start of the week at running back is going to be Ezekiel Elliott against the Detroit lions Everyone wants to write off Zeke so bad, but Zeke just keeps on trucking. And from what I saw last week, Zeke looked good. Now his stats, you know, as a whole are disappointing on the season, you know, all things considered from what Zeke has been in the past. But I think we got to put that in perspective a little bit. Dallas's schedule has been pretty tough on the run, so I wouldn't have expected him to be going off in every single game when it's been a pretty tough schedule for him. But Detroit has an extremely vulnerable defense as a whole and a particularly vulnerable defense against the run. And that's putting it lightly. They have been literally obliterated by every single running back that they have faced outside of Antonio Gibson, which makes a whole lot of sense. So overall, I expect this to be a good game for Ezekiel Elliott um, to get you know, 15 plus carries on the ground and a touchdown this week and have a productive game that you can rely on. My sit of the week. Um I think I touched on this a little bit when we talked about our you know Thursday night game. Um while I trust on the opposite end, uh, you know, Alvin Kamara to do very well, I do not trust anybody that is running the ball in Arizona. Um, because Arizona's offense has been an absolute disaster. And while I do expect it to get better with DeAndre Hopkins. I don't expect there to be a huge difference in the run game. I was very in on Eno Benjamin last week because literally anyone that has faced Seattle has gone (laughs) off. And um, he failed. (laughs) <laughs> you know, <laughs> he should not have. It, right. That should have been a smash game for anyone. And I don't think it's really his fault. We've seen absolutely no success out of any Arizona running back at all. The position has just wildly failed, no matter what's happened in any game. So I don't think it's a. I think it's. A, I don't think it's a personnel issue. I think it's just the position that is really struggling. And it's possible um, that none of them can really succeed in this offense, even in a great matchup. So um, I do not want to start any of these Arizona running backs in a Thursday yeah in a Thursday night game against yes like bumble it bundling up again um in a Thursday night game against the Saints it just this doesn't feel like the direction that you want to go with them
0: yeah i think we all picked the wrong backup running back last week selecting eno benjamin over deon jackson in a lot of our lineups uh eno benjamin kind of broke a lot of hearts last week and you know what fantasy managers we're a fickle bunch. I mean, we we have trust issues, and it's because we play fantasy football. So that brings me to my starts and sits. I'm looking at a player who's been successful. I'm looking at a great matchup. And I just talked about Josh Jacobs. And I thought, you know, I was always I've always been told no one's gonna buy the cow if they're getting the milk for free. So I had to make sure to save a little bit of information here on Josh Jacobs for my running back start. Listen, you already know he's gone back to back games in which he's had over 40 uh, 140 yards rushing. He's also facing a team that's giving up 30 fancy points per game. The Texans have allowed 668 yards rushing in five games. And they've also allowed 212 yards at passing to receivers. And we know that Josh Jacobs has been getting more and more involved in this passing offense for the Raiders. Further that, only Bo Jackson back in 1989 and Marcus Allen back in 1985 have done what Jacobs has done, and that's post those back-to-back, those consecutive 140-plus rushing games. Now, Jacobs' 13% explosive run rate, that's runs over 10-plus yards, that is tied for 10th in the league there right now. He's accounted for 52% of the Raiders' backs' red zone touches so far. So if you know he's getting the ball in the red zone, that's going to lead to fantasy production. Now, my sit of the week, Again, hey, we like this guy. So it's, it's not because we don't like you. It's because I just don't think you're going to be any good this week. Let's be honest. <laughs> it's it's David Montgomery. This Patriots defense has been pretty good in its own rights. The Patriots are allowing just 17.12 fantasy points per game to the running back position. And they just held Nick Chubb in the Browns to 68 yards rushing. Yes, Nick Chubb, who himself only had 56 yards that game. And he actually still leads the NFL with 649 rushing yards to date. So if the Patriots can limit Nick Chubb to that kind of production, what do you think they can do to David Montgomery? So that's kind of where I'm at with David Montgomery as a sit this week. He's going to be a little bit lower down on my rankings. Now, next up, the wide receiver position. Major, give us a start and sit that you have circled for this this week.
1: Yeah, man, I'm going to go with, you know, one of my favorite players, you know, one of the best players in the league. Wide receiver oh, one in a lot of people' hearts. I'm gonna go with Michael Pittman Jr. versus Tennessee. Um, just to clear it up, because it's like a little running joke. I don't think they heard the rest of what I said when I said it. I'm like, yet he's still young. Let's give him time to grow into the position. But hey, they took it as what they took it. And you know, we get the clips every week of somebody saying <laughs> something about Michael Pittman. But he balled out last week. 13 catches, 134 yards. Uh, he'll be facing the worst pass defense um this week and it looks like Pittman is going to continue that great play um yeah Tennessee can't stop anything so let's you know, Pittman and and the rest of the people that we mentioned earlier in the um in the show all the coach players I think they're going to have another good offensive week so look for them to keep balling out and I sit It's an easy one but it's just everything is so in shambles right now and no one knows what's going on out there it's DJ Moore versus Tampa Bay, and I feel bad for Moore. Uh, I think he's trapped on a team that has no leadership. Um, they're going to be facing a number seven ranked pass defense, um, that's only giving up 193 yards per game, and that's that's like nothing in a passing game. If a defense is hold, uh, holding you under 200 yards, that's great. Um, but let's, let's see what happens. There's a lot of people on the block right now. Uh, like Matt said, they don't have any draft picks next year. So look for some of these big names to start falling because it looks like they're in, in rebuild mode already. They're trying to get ahead of it. So uh, I feel bad for DJ Moore. Hopefully, if I'm him, I'm going to pull a Kanye and do something crazy to get out of my contract. You know what I mean? So DJ Moore, handle what you got to handle and, and, and do what you got to do, man.
0: Speaking of players that did what they needed to do last week, I mean –
1: Terry, your start of the week
0: here right this week. No one saw him doing what he did last week. Speak on the man right now.
2: Mm-hmm. Brandon Iyuk. Hey, I am Brandon. starting. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> Brandon Ayuk who went off on my bench and I'm sure the bench of many people because <laughs> we weren't expecting to start him but I am uh, willing to roll the dice again in week 7 on him to repeat maybe not repeat exactly because that was an absolutely insane game eight receptions 11 targets 83 yards two touchdowns um but why am I rolling the dice on him repeating for another big day because I'm not convinced that this game against Kansas city is going to be very competitive. I, you know, San Francisco does have a tough defense, but you know, they've been a little vulnerable lately. They're dealing with some injuries and Kansas city is coming off of a tough loss, especially, you know, it was especially tough for Patrick Mahomes, um, a bad ending for him and Kansas City is going to want blood. They're going to come out aggressive, and if this game gets out of hand, Jimmy G is going to have to push volume through the air to try and keep up, and that benefits Brandon Ayuk. Um, Kansas City has also struggled with big plays down the field. Another benefit specifically, too, Brandon Ayuk. So, again, um, two touchdowns might be a little bit much, but I'm willing to bet that we've got more than enough to make him worthy of a flex um, game. And then who am I sitting at wide receiver? Um, I'm sitting Terry McLaurin, unfortunately against the Packers, and this doesn't have much to do with the Packers as a whole, as much as it has to do with the main reason being, um, I've got zero faith that Taylor Heineke is the answer for solving the problem of pushing volume to Terry McLaurin. Um, I don't see any major change, unfortunately. And again, you know, Ron Rivera wants to push this offense aggressively on the ground through multiple running backs. And we're going to see a lot of Brian Robinson. And I don't think that we're going to see Taylor Heineke airing the ball, who is a rushing quarterback in his own right. Um, I don't think we're going to see him airing the ball out to Jerry McLaurin a lot. Um, and then two, you know, to the Packers credit, they've had a wide variety of issues, um, but the only receiver to actually light the Packers up is Justin Jefferson, which is 100% expected. Um, so they, other than that, They've been pretty solid against receivers as a whole. So I would avoid Terry McLaurin if he
0: can. A couple of points there on your start of the week there with Brennan Ayuk. There's been one good corner in Kansas City, and that's been Jalen Watson. Ayuk is not going to draw Jalen Watson. He's going to get Le'Jarius Sneed or uh, the other guy there, Rashad Fenton, who have been both victimized all season long as far as fantasy is concerned. I mean, that's just what how it's been going victimized. down. <laughs> and then the other gut thing here on the Washington contest is, I don't know, I, I don't want to get sneaky. I don't want to get cute and this and that. But if I'm on the waiver sheet and I got a bench spot, I'm going to take a look at either Diami Brown or Cam Sims. And it's only because we're getting t- uh, Taylor Heineke here under center. And we know when the backup quarterback comes in, Typically, he's bringing himself, one of those guys, off the second team there, up along with him. Someone he's got that rapport with already. Now, we're hopefully we'll see Jahan Dotson return here sooner than later. He's at week number two of recovering from that hamstring injury. He could be activated this week. So maybe this is all for naught, because I can't see Brown or Sims kind of jumping in, if that was Samuel and McLaren kind of there, but... If Heineke has that rapport with somebody, if you've got that spot on the bench, now may be the time to kind of grab it because we know Wentz is going to be out for the next four to six weeks. Even if Howell comes involved here, you know he's bringing himself someone from the bench as well. So for me, I'm going to turn my attention here to uh, Alec Pierce in Tennessee as my against Tennessee Titans here as my start. Basically, whatever you said about Michael Pittman, it reigns true here for Alec Pierce. Right, We know that Pittman's easy. We could have easily gone on with guys like Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, because the matchups for them are so good this week. I mean, seriously, if you're going against the Steelers, and as long as you're not Tom Brady, you're probably starting the wide receivers in that situation. But let's dig a little bit deeper here. Let's go deeper here with Alec Pierce, because what he's done has been pretty darn good. And now we're starting to hit that rookie factor here of the season. He has now seen at least five targets and 49 yards in four consecutive games, and he got himself that first career touchdown there last week. So once you get that first tutty, things start snowballing there. Good things are going to happen, and we're seeing we're all on board with this Colts offense here for the second week in a row, which means, hey, chances are it's going to be a disaster this week. Let's be honest. I mean, if we're all in on the same team doing well in fantasy, that means something bad is about to happen with that franchise. That all being said, start Alec Pierce. Start Michael Pittman, start Matt Ride, whoever's at running back, start them too, whether it's Deion Jackson, whether it's Jonathan Taylor, it doesn't matter. Tennessee is not the strongest team there, especially when it comes to stopping the pass. Now, my sit of the week, you know how I like to how I roll. Don't go chasing the points and never, ever put your faith in Juju Smith Schuster. It's yeah. a trap. You just had that one good you week here incredible. last week. People are going to jump all over that. He is going to disappoint you. And it's not just that. The 49ers have a top seven defense when it comes to fantasy points against so far this season. Now, I know that Emmanuel Mosley, that injury is significant there on the back end of the 49ers. That is going to hurt their past defense. But again, it's Juju Smith-Schuster. He's giving you something. I know you want to put him in the lineup. I know this is what you thought you've been waiting for. It's a trap. It's lipstick on a pig. It's all this other stuff. (laughs) It is not what you want it to be. What we do want is someone at the tight end position to step up for once. So, Major, who is stepping up here in week number seven amongst the tight ends? Who is rising from the ashes?
1: Do we know? Like, no one knows. Tight ends are, like, such a dart throw. Like, it's so hard for me to even choose one. But I'm going to go with David Najoku. He's a tight end, and he's playing against Baltimore. Baltimore defense is not that good versus the pass. So, man, that's all I have on that one. I say I'm going to go Logan Thomas because Green Bay is actually one of the top-ranked pass defenses in the league, and they're doing a pretty good job. Um, And it's Logan Thomas and Heineke. Again, dart throws on both of these. like Yeah, I'm over tight ends. I I don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) <laughs>
0: that may have been the best analysis on a start for a tight end position I've ever heard. Start David Nojoku because he's a tight end.
1: Yeah, like what a, it's a dart throw. He's a tight end. He is like we have a lot of people out, you know. I you if you have a better way of saying anything about a tight end, please go for it.
2: How many air yards does he have, though?
1: <laughs> that is the key
0: stat. There. Actually, that's pretty good there. I mean, he's getting that's that stat right he possibly want. for that right tight there. end position. Now we've already watched Albert O. on there, whatever. He's been a failure there in the 2020 draft class. Harrison Bryan, who's also in that 2020 draft class, hasn't done much. So yeah, I'm all in on David Ojoku here again this week. Remember, I predicted him to score Kyle Pitts a couple of weeks ago, and that came true as well. Now. Tara, over to you here, tight end position. We know it's a wasteland there. Give us someone that we can count on here in week number seven.
2: Whew, getting that's tired
1: what you here, feel about tight is due to you that's what tight ends do to you
2: yeah exactly now i'm not saying you can count on this guy but again we're talking about we're talking about streaming tight ends we know the big ones that we're starting you know the big obvious ones but when it comes to tight end we got to find those guys that can maybe somehow find an edge for us and try and get us you know there just on a weekly basis if you don't have one of those big guys so um, with the unfortunate injury to Cameron Bright, if you need a desperation heave, you can always try to heave to Cade Otten, who should be the tight end one there in, um, in Tampa Bay coming up this week in Tampa Bay with an angry, angry Tom Brady, who was, you know, yelling at his team. And, you know, the one person that he wasn't yelling at was Cade Otten because Cade Otten wasn't really on the field with Cameron Bright. Um, <laughs> <laughs> With Cameron Braid active last week, but in week five, when Braid was inactive, we did see, uh, Kate Otten have six receptions on seven targets, 43 yards. It's modest, but we all, we, you know, we look for modest in this current economy for Titans. Um, And at my sit of the week, I am getting a little bit spicier here. You may not feel like you can afford to sit TJ Hawkinson, but I'm just real quick going to tell you why you can't afford more than likely now we don't have this officially, but more than likely the weapons are going to be back and healthy for DeAndre or for of uh, DeAndre Swift for Detroit. We're going to probably have DeAndre Swift back. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be healthier than his last game. And when the weapons are healthy in Detroit, TJ Hawkinson is absolutely nothing. His big game, please remember that big, massive game came when there was not another receiving option in sight. There was no one. No one existed, and he went off. Outside of that game, he has averaged less than seven fantasy points per game. I would rather have Kate Otten. So yeah, I would sit De- or I would sit T.J. Hawkinson if you had the option to do so.
0: Also, keep in mind, if you're listening to the show right now, Detroit is going to need to try and slow down that Dallas Cowboys pass rush in any way possible. And that may be asking TJ Hawkinson to block a little bit more than what he's comfortable with doing instead of releasing him out into the flats or whatever they want to do. So Hawkinson could be relied on as more of a blocker this week as, as compared to a pass catcher. So for me, just because he broke Terrace Hard here this week means he's going to go off next week. <laughs> How about Gerald Everett versus Seattle It is a revenge game, and the Seahawks, they are the new Raiders when it comes to fantasy points against the tight end position, allowing Mm -hmm. a league-high 24.11 per game against, and they've allowed 526 yards and four touchdowns this season. That, and Gerald everett hey, he came into week number six as the 10th most receiving yards here amongst the tight ends. And he added a few more here again this week. And quite frankly, no one else at the tight end position did anything. So he's probably still in the top 10 right now. Now my sit of the week, his name's come up a time or two throughout this show. It's Zach Ertz against the new Orleans saints. I've been crunching the numbers here and the saints, they have been the second stingiest team in the NFL against opposing tight ends, having allowed just 192 yards receiving and 6.7 fantasy points per game, and they have yet to surrender a touchdown. Marquise Hollywood-Brown, he is likely done for a little while. Robbie Anderson, he's likely not to see the field here this week. And DeAndre Hopkins is back, and you know he's going to command a certain percentage of that ball in his return, which means Zach Ertz could be the odd man left out here, especially against a team like the New Orleans Saints, who has been very good against the position. With that all being said, if you want to put yourself in a better position each and every week, you need to head to FantasyPoints.com and save yourself some money by using promo code 22VIPERS10. Yes, that's right. 22VIPERS10 will save you 10% off that Fantasy Points subscription. One of the best bang for the buck that you can get there for subscriptions. You get, obviously, John Hanson. You get the grinder there, Tom Broly. Graham Barfield and his stat pack. You get Scott Baird. You get Wes Huber and those advanced matchups. Jay Tribby, you name it, you got it there. And as always, make sure you are surfing social media to find out where Tara is going to be at next. She Mm -hmm. could be on YouTube with the Fantasy Pros. She could be dropping something with Fantasy Alarm right there for DFS. Wherever you think Fantasy Football is, that's where Tara is. And at Tara time, it's always Tara time with Fantasy (laughs) Football. And then on Sunday mornings, my man Major, he is dropping it there with Nick Script. a little bit of that. Sunday morning preview for all your DFS, all your betting needs, and, of course, a preview of all the week's matchups. And that's not it. we at Fantasy Points Friday nights to get the Friday night hype show there with me where I talk a million miles per hour like I am on something, which I probably am. It's probably a lot of caffeine kicking in very quickly. It's basically the only show that you can put the over under on how many heart attacks a guy is going to have in 30 minutes. That said, obviously, the Thursday night preview show, that's going to get dropped probably tomorrow evening here. We've got the Monday night preview, the Sunday night preview. That's all coming with you over on the Vipers channel here, the same channel that you are watching right now, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, that's where we're at. You know where we're going to be at next week? Right here, same time. We'll see you next time. Take care.